Welcome back, History Buffs, to History Files. We're going into part two today. I'm going to be speaking to Shania, and she's going to be picking up from where Tanya left, left off last week, speaking about Lucy, looking at um, the Boise Eye and the Homo Habilis. So if you haven't seen that episode, go back and listen to it first. That way you get a bit of sense of a chronological order. But first of all, Shania, how are you going? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, and thank you for coming on to the podcast, your first uh, History Files podcast. What is the hominin species that you're going to start enlightening us about or telling us about today? And then we can go into some details about, you know, what time period we're looking at, what is different about this hominin species from the last ones we were looking at, and how it's getting closer and closer to becoming us. So Homer Augustus, Augustus comes from the word, derives from the word the working man and it was very hands-on and used a lot of tools to help its way of life. Yeah, so just to interject a little bit that Tanya was saying in the last episode that you have Homo habilis starting to use tools. So the one that you're looking at is, is building on that, isn't it? Yeah. It's using tools more, like you say, it's got the working man. Okay, yeah, keep going. So they're using tools and you were saying something about their intelligence. Like what? how do we even piece together from fossils that their intelligence, they're intelligent, what sort of clues do we have? Well, there are multiple clues to telling that they were intelligent because they gathered ideas and they worked, they hunted in groups and they built tools and that just shows that they were had the capability to even know how to build tools, let alone to use them. And they lived in large groups, but there was no dominant male. So they all kind of just worked together as a pack and a team to help track down their food sources, which allowed them to continue to grow as a species. Okay, so we're moving away from a like a like a matriarchy or a patriarchy, if you're not sure what that is, so like a ma- like a dominant male or a dominant female, what you're kind of saying is it's they're almost forming family units in a sense. So like do we have like mating for, for life happening here and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. I yeah. think like they were very protective of each other because they hunted in groups and they lived in groups and I think that they would have bonded together and made significant connections as today we often are social people and we like being out and active with one another. So I think that could have influenced our evolution to be more socialized. Okay. So what we know is that they're making tools. We know that they're developing like these social frameworks, family units and whatnot that are very similar to us and are they finding anything else out Is, are there any other traits that they're developing to get us closer and closer to us because the last one we were looking at the homo habilis if you went away and googled it or boise eye they still look very much like a big hairy chimpanzee like what other physical traits have we got now the physical traits were both homo erectus and augustus were able to walk they were upright and they could walk long dif- distances and they were hairless. Okay. They were mostly hairless. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> like most of us say, we're mostly yeah. hairless. Okay, cool. So um, this allowed them to sweat a lot because the up- and the upright position 
allowed them to have a smaller like surface area when exposed directly from the sun and the sweating mechanism allowed them to maintain the safe body temperatures and brain temperatures to fully develop without getting tired or dying out. Okay, so they're able to become, they're able to go long distances. This is starting to paint a picture, like for me and probably a picture to you if you're listening, of how we're able to then leave Africa and go these great distances to all these different places that we're getting these new physical attributes to to walk, to sweat on the go. We're not panting like most animals do or having some other adaptation. And if we're not panting, we're able to do what on the move as well? Well, they were allowed to start speaking a simple language. However, it didn't progress into actually speaking using proper words. And this is evident because in Homo Augustus, in one of the fossils, it showed that it had a narrow spinal cord, which can indicate that it had a lack of nerves responsible for the fine control of the muscles that coordinate the breathing during speech. So that gives us a hint that they couldn't really actively speak like we can on the go moving, but they would have been more like verbal sounds similar to chimpanzees in today. That's really fascinating. Again, like what we had in the last episode where the molar was the indication that it wasn't just a small child, it was actually showing us a fully grown female. Here we've got a, you said like a small spinal cord? Yeah, it lacked the spinal cord, the narrow spinal cord. So it was a narrow spinal cord, meaning kind of like like the housing of wires in your house or something like that. Because it's so narrow, you haven't got so much so many veins and so much connections going through it so then you piece together that puzzle to saying that it's probably limited in the fine motor movement that they're able to do yeah okay they could definitely make communication but only to a very small extent yeah and we're probably basing that off other creatures that have similar size spinal cords and that sort of stuff yeah definitely so let's move over to Homo erectus now. This is probably a species that maybe some people have heard of. It certainly was one that I was aware of before going into the topic in more detail and doing it in class. So tell us about Homo erectus. How is it different from Homo augusta? Is there any difference at all? Well, there can be made significant differences from Homo augustus because Homo erectus used a different ability to track animals. So whereas Homo augusta used more so tools, Homo erectus uses their conceptual ability to track down animals, to know their different behavioural characteristics and the importance of water, shelter and animal trails when travelling. And they could recognise animal trails on the ground and pick off where other animals left off to try and track them down and hunt them. Okay. So, and and this is also something that's starting to, a trait that's setting us apart from other animals in the environment, that we can piece together these, or they can piece together these seemingly unrelated um, inputs that are coming into their brain through their senses and start to create like a, a larger map than just living in the present which is really quite fascinating. Yes. Um, What else do they have? Um, So they developed bipedal locomotion, 
which allowed them to run on both feet whilst with their free hands they were allowed to use the tools as they made tools as well but they further progressed it into a more characteristic that was used to hunt them but they also used their cognitive ability to know how to correctly hunt them whilst not only just relying on their physical characteristics but their mental Mm. and so they used their free hands which could carry the weapons the food and water as well as the meat that they hunted back to their camps which also supported the rest of their species okay yep so just like a wolf pack or something they're making a kill and they're bringing it back but because of freeing up our hands and having that separate and being able to think like okay we need to take this back and maybe having some sort of containers to take it back and all that sort of stuff it's just allowing us to survive in different locations and in more more hostile environments is there anything else you could you probably got time to tell me one more thing about homo augustus or homo erectus so one more thing about homo erectus and homo augustus is the ability to harness fire in the fossil records it shows that there was fire used around 500,000 years ago but it is difficult to prove whether this was used or controlled however there are multiple ashes and charcoals found near their bones which can indicate a use of fire that they could have controlled, which can significantly improve their ability of life to stay warm and to cook food. Yeah, so you're getting more nutrients from the food and all that sort of stuff. So, But this falls into a bit of an unknown category, as as you've just laid out, that we've got evidence for 500,000 years ago. The species that we're looking at is, you said, 1.75 billion years ago. So it's really like... Yes, here are these related pieces, but we haven't got a we haven't got a smoking gun to prove it. Yeah. There's a bit of a guesswork here. But there probably is a good indication that we're starting to use tools, we're starting to see the wider world around us, we're standing upright, we're losing a lot of our hair, we're forming family units, and potentially we're starting to harness fire, our greatest tool of all. Mm-hmm. So, like, evolutionally, you can see from past species that we have evolved off them. Like, they love tracking animals, they're sweating, they're using developing language, and they're harnessing fire, which all proves to our ability that we know that they are our ancestors. Yeah, and that's a good point, that, like, there's this step-by-step gradual progression happening. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast I hope you had a good time. And do you have anything to say to the listeners before you sign off? Oh, thank you for listening and check out his latest episode. <laughs> yeah, well, our, our latest episode. And stay tuned for the next episode that will be coming in the following week. Thank you. Thank you.